This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary roughness on this Monday. We officially made it. Not made it to Monday, but made it through the preseason. It is over, done, kaput, it's a wrap. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, it is done. The three preseason games are in the books. Now it's time for the Raiders to cut down their roster, get the best 53 men for the job, and get to work. Prepare for Monday Night Football. The Baltimore Ravens headed to Allegiant Stadium to take on the Raiders. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple weeks to talk about that leading up to it. Very excited about that Monday Night Football game uh, to kick off the the regular season and, and get all the fans in the stands and let Raider Nation start establishing who they are and their presence, let their presence be known at Allegiant Stadium. Very excited about that. But we do have a little bit of time, and, of course, with the roster cutdowns coming up and uh, all the moving and shaking is going to happen after that. They're going to get it down to 53-man roster. Then they're going to scour through the waiver wire. They're going to see all the other teams that release players. And does that guy fit? Does this guy fit? Does that guy fit? And you might see some more moves. You might see some more guys brought in. You might see some more guys released. I mean, it's just it's the nature of the beast. They have this next couple of weeks to really fine-tune this roster. And this roster is not 100% where it needs to be yet, but... You you see that there's some 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 places and some things to like about the roster. Like I said, it's not 100% complete or where it needs to be, but you do know that there's there's some there's some things to like about what the Raiders have going on. So I'm interested to see when the official cut cut downs come up and uh, come out and we see exactly what roster moves they made because it's going to be interesting. Uh, depth is something that we've talked about quite a bit. Depth is something that I've heard a lot of people say that the Raiders have a lot of right now, but I don't want to really subscribe to that until I see what they do with the 53-man roster because this is where you're going to see, do they really have depth, or is it just when they had the 90-man roster, when they had the 85-man, when they had the 80-man roster? That's when you're going to see what they really have. Once it gets cut down to 53, is there really some depth there? And I'll tell you right now, I can tell you, the linebacking position, offensive line, there's no depth there. There is no depth there. That is something that stood out to me like a, a, a sore thumb the last couple of games that the Raiders have played that, yeah, they have some really good frontline guys. But after that, do they have? And John Gruden mentioned it in, in the, in the post-game uh, media session yesterday after the game. You know, do we have number five? Do we have number six? Do we have number seven? Do we have number eight as far as, you know, can, can they go deep like that? I think for the offensive line and the linebacking position, no. No is an answer right now. So there's still going to be, like I said, a lot of fine-tuned work that goes into what the Raiders have to do as they prepare for that Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, we're excited about today's show. Have a couple good guests coming up on the show today. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. She'll join us at 2.30, talk about the preseason getting wrapped up on a national level, talk about some injuries that we've seen throughout the, the league. And, you know, there's, there's that, that conversation, do you or don't you? Do you play him? Don't you play him? John Gruden chose not to. Didn't play the starters because he didn't want to end up like the Baltimore Ravens with a guy like J.K. Dobbins who went down. And then everyone says, what the hell was he in the game for when it's a 20-7 lead or whatever they, they were doing? Why is he in the game? Why do you need to see J.K. Dobbins in the third preseason game that doesn't mean anything? I mean, it's so funny. It's so easy to sit back at home and say, man, the starters should be playing. 
Why isn't Derek Carr out there? Why isn't Josh Jacobs out there? Why isn't Darren Waller out there? They need to all get on the same page by the first game of the season. It's easy to sit at home and say that. But what happens if there's a big-time injury? What happens if someone goes down? Then you're going to say, what the hell is he in the game for? And it's so funny when people say, no, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Because that's exactly what happens every time. Every single time. Every single time. You, and I know me as well, I thought the same thing when J.K. Dobbins went down. The hell was he in the game for? Well, for everyone that's saying that you need to get some fine-tuning in, that's why he's in the game. You saw Patrick Mahomes. He was in the game. You saw Tom Brady. He played in games. I don't think any of those guys needed to. I would have loved to have seen Derek Carr and company out there a little bit. But at the same time, if one of those guys were to get injured and all of a sudden you're looking at your season wondering, well, now what? Then, oh, man, you wouldn't you would have never heard the end of it. Never. Even watching the game yesterday, I'm looking at Trey Lance, and I'm like, why is he in the game? Why is he running the ball? He, he's not, Jimmy he's, G's diving head first into the end zone. Seriously? Looking at both of them, like, why are, they, why are their quarterbacks running so much? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Like I said, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yes, it sounds good in theory to to get fine-tuned and get worked up and get everything going. So by the first game of the season, you're you're ready to rock and roll. Are you really? I mean, are you really? I mean, think about it. Are you really? There's not going to be one team that's not successful this year that you look back at and say, you know what, if they had played a little bit more in that third preseason game, they'd have been a better team. <laughs> all we needed to see was just a couple of drives. If Carr had been in there in that third game, if they hadn't left all those guys back in Vegas, man, it would have been a whole different Whole one pass overthrown, one pass underthrown. Be like, he would have had a preseason rip. That wouldn't happen in week seven. <laughs> right. It's like, mm. It's that damn third preseason game. And I, I laugh because I, I get it. Like I said, as as a as a football fan, as a as a fan of the team, as a guy who wants to see this team succeed, you want them to get as many reps in as possible. I totally get it. I totally get it. But I also understand where John Gruden's coming from when he said, hey, man, I'm not risking no kind of injuries, especially with what I just said. They got a lack of depth, you know, at the linebacking position. Can you imagine if Corey Littleton went down, Nick Kukowski, he's already banged up. That's all you need is, a, is another guy. I mean, the linebacking core, they, they just keep one guy gets hurt, another guy gets hurt, another guy gets hurt. I mean, they're, they're dropping like flies. So, I mean, you got to make sure you protect those guys, put some bubble wrap on them. Wide receivers still have, don't have an established number one wide receiver. I mean, Darren Waller is the number one target. He's a tight end, but they don't have a number one wide receiver. Can you imagine if – you know, a Henry Ruggs or a Brian Edwards got injured, even missing. And I don't even mean a season ending injury, just missing a few games. A few games will put you behind the eight ball. You don't want that. You don't want that. So I'm uh, I'm just interested to see what happens with the with the cut downs and all the shakeups. So uh, the show question that I like to throw out there, I like to have something every day bring to the table. Uh, one guy who earned a job and one guy who didn't. That's what I want to know from you, Raider Nation. One guy. I want you to really put on your thinking camp and be very, as a matter of fact, because I know a lot of people could call in and give me four or five guys that they think, oh, cut this guy, cut that guy, cut this guy. I want you to narrow it down to one dude who earned a job, one dude who did not earn a job, one dude who you think needs to get the pink slip. 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, always wide open like some old school TV antennas, 69187, keyword R&R. And uh, make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Also coming up on the show today, we'll have at 3 o'clock, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll kind of look around the league. Holton Hill, how about that? I know that's not a big household name, but Holton Hill was a really good defensive back. He went to the University of Texas, and he had a little sticky, icky, icky problem when he was at Texas. Couldn't. Couldn't leave the sticky icky alone. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't. 
Just couldn't leave it alone. So he gets to the league, goes as an undrafted free agent. Minnesota gets him. Really good player. Damn good player. You go and look at his college numbers. Guy that created a lot of interceptions, created a lot of turnovers. Minnesota lets him go. Then he he was he had it was on another squad, and then now now they're letting him go. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. Holton Hill just can't keep a job. So Holton Hill now currently a free agent after being released. So we'll go around the league at three o'clock. NFL news and notes of the day. And then at three thirty, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. He was with me in the press box yesterday in Santa Clara. And I, I promise, I feel like my life is like one long run-on sentence. Got back in Vegas last night after my plane was delayed. Of course, shocking. And I'm so I'm so Bay Area. Like I'm so one-minded when it comes to Bay Area. I mean, I say Bay, and it has to be Oakland. So I flew into Oakland Friday night. I stayed in Oakland over the weekend. Drove to Santa Clara to go to the game. Drove back to Oakland to get on a plane to fly back to Vegas. By the time I got back last night, it was just about midnight. Probably stayed up to about 2 or 3 in the morning and uh, did some work, working on the show and stuff like that. And now we're just going. So like I said, Demond, it's one, 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 uh, one big run-on sentence for me, but that's how we roll. All right, since I have, like, no actual geographical thought in my head on how the Bay is shaped, how far away is that um, that new stadium? Because it, all I see on Twitter is, it's not the Bay, it's not the Bay. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a, so how far is that drive? Uh, it's not that bad. Okay. I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it might have taken me, maybe it, it probably took me about 30 minutes to get to Santa Clara, but then it took me an hour to get into the parking lot because it was such a cluster. Yeah, because like I like obviously I've never been to the Bay Area. Right. But, uh, that's all I see on Twitter, where it's just like this ain't the Bay, this well, ain't the Bay anymore. It's, <laughs> it's so like, funny, hey, man. We're so adamant about that, right? Well, that's because they the 49ers, to their credit, you know, since they're the only team left in the Bay, uh, they're I forget what their little saying is that they have plastered all over the stadium, but it's something like uh, true to the Bay or uh, something. You know how you know how uh, the A's did rooted in Oakland that little cute hashtag. Well, the the 49ers have their own like true to the Bay or. I don't know, like respect the Bay. And then everyone that's a Raider fan is walking by is like, you don't even play in the Bay. It's Santa Clara. It's Great America. I mean, you're literally parked in the Great America parking lot. Great America is there. So, and that was the first time I was at, <laughs> at Levi Stadium. And I mean, look, I'll tell you this. I'm not trying to hate. Levi Stadium is just a stadium. It's just a stadium. There was nothing. I'm telling you, straight up. And any anybody in Raider Nation who was at the game or who has been to Levi Stadium, you can chime in on the show as well, 702-365-9200. It's just a stadium to me. It's nothing special about it. No frills, no thrills. It's just a stadium. They just had to get something built, man. I mean, seriously, they just got a place to play ball in. <laughs> it's nothing fancy. Like SoFi Stadium, dope. Awesome. Allegiant Stadium, next level. Awesome. Levi Stadium, eh, it's all right. I mean, it's not... Now, the Coliseum, which I did. I went to the A's game, too, for a, a quick minute. The A's-Yankees on Saturday. I went to that game. I was all over, man. I was all over the Bay. If I'm going to be in the Bay, I went and got my hair cut in Hayward. Went back to my roots. Oh, man. I bet you was loving it, huh? Oh, man. I was. I was in that barbershop, and I got my hair cut. It took about 30 minutes to get my hair cut. And then it took about another hour for me just to talk and, you know what I mean, and get all the BS out that you have to. You know what I mean? When you're in the barbershop, man, you got you to gotta chop it up. Did you come in there? Was you like was you like big time celebrity now? Now that you no, like the no, hey, no, like, hey, man, no, like, no, Nation radio man, like, no, no, no. That that's the barbershop where I got my start. That's where I got the start. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how it all goes down at the barbershop. That's where we all got our start. With most of us got our start at the barbershop. You know, 
Speaking of, you need to go to the barbershop. I know. You need so to get, I got a hat on. I got a hat on. <laughs> you in need studio. to go to the barbershop. I got a hat on in studio. Can't have you out here checking me or nothing. Right. So Ed Grady's going to come up at, at three thirty. He was like I said in studio or in the uh, in the press box sitting next to me yesterday. Uh, he'll get his observations from uh, with the Raiders preseason game number three. Then we'll also talk a little UNLV with Ed because this is game week. It is game week. UNLV Eastern Washington Woo! Thursday, seven p.m. kickoff. I'm excited about joining Chapman. Chris Chapman's going to be uh, doing the pregame, the pre-pregame show for uh, UNLV, and I'll be I'll be co-hosting that uh, that pregame show with him. Uh, so I'm glad that he's going to bring me along for the ride, six to six thirty on uh, on Thursday, and then boom, UNLV in Eastern Washington. I mean, it doesn't get any better, man. We have everything that we want right here at our disposal. Got college football. We've got NFL. I mean, we've got Aviators baseball. We've got the Aces basketball. I mean, we've got it all covered like a glove, man. So. Uh, just excited about the opportunities that we have here. Uh, but I definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation. Again, 702-365-9200. One guy who earned a job, one guy who did not earn a job. And I see that the phone line is lighting up right now. Demond, who we have up first? First up, Raider 27. What's up, Raider 27? What's up? What's on your mind? Hey, I think my guess on that would be Amik Robertson has earned himself a job. Okay. And as much as I hate to say it, I think Isaiah Johnson has lost himself a job. He's been hurt too much, and then when he played, he just he just didn't play well yesterday at all. So that would be my one-on-one. I like it. I like it. Good way to get us started, Raider 27. Definitely appreciate that, and I, I agree. Uh, Amik Robertson has looked a lot better training camp this year and the preseason. He looked very comfortable. He doesn't look like he's panicked when a, a play is coming his way. And that's the thing about defensive backs, man. When the ball is headed in your direction, when the wide receiver that you're you're playing, is it's headed to them. If you have that panic moment, that old blank moment, that's when the penalties happen. Isaiah Johnson, to Raider 27's credit, he had that old blank moment in the end zone right before halftime yesterday. Ball's thrown his, his direction. All he has to do, and I know this sounds so easy, and it's not, and I don't understand. It's one of the most frustrating things ever when I watch football, and I know fans scream at the top of their lungs as well. Isaiah Johnson's in good position. He can make the play. Put your hand straight up. But you see the, the, the wide receiver's eyes get big. Boom. Hand goes up. Or here's a genius idea. Turn your head. Put your hands up. You'll accidentally get an interception. Now you got to complete the, the play by catching it. But he was in position, and instead he tried to run through the body of the wide receiver. You can't. I mean, that's that's going to be a pass interference every time, every time. You say that, and to Raider Twenty Seven's point, that might be the case. That that would have been, but I think with uh, Keyshawn Nixon, he's injured as well, right? Yeah, he's injured. I think so. That injury may prevent like them. It's I don't like, know. Oh, he's hurt, so th- that's an opportunity for you now. It is. We may be we may be a little disappointed, but we need to keep keep you because of depth. I think, yeah, and that's a good point. You bring up a great point, but I, I think Isaiah Johnson, I'm with Raider 27, I think he's on his way out. He, and the main reason is the first point that he brought up. He, he's just he's not available. He's never available. He's just injured all the time going back to his, his rookie year. Just, he's just too, too banged up. It just really, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and some guys get that same, that same burn, man. Sometimes, some guys just can't shake the injury bug. Um, I think Damon Arnett looked pretty good yesterday. It wasn't in a lot of action, but I thought he looked pretty good. I thought Isaiah, or not Isaiah, uh, Amik Robertson, excuse me, looked really good, really good. I, I was, I was uh, uh, pretty pleased to see that. And like I said, he's been doing really well. He does a lot better on the outside than he does on the inside as a nickel, but he can play the nickel. He's not my first option. I wouldn't say, hey, just go throw Amik in there first. And I, t- I don't think he'd want 
that to be the first option either. I think he'd much rather be outside where he's comfortable, but he's willing to go up and make tackles. He's 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 really good at, at uh, you know uh, defending the, the the pass. I mean he's he's doing some really good things. I think Coach Milas is really getting the most out of him. And I asked him the question in the presser yesterday about uh, about Ron Milas and how much you know he's learned from him. And man, his eyes got he got a big old smile on his face. You can almost you know when you talk to someone and you can hear them smile. I know it sounds weird, but you can hear a person smile. That's a, that was a Meek Robertson after I asked him about Coach Ron Miles. And if you, you have that sound bite, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll play it in just a second. Here we go. Uh, Meek Robertson, this is my question I asked about what he's learned from Ron Miles because he had told us that he wasn't, he had kind of lost a little bit of his confidence his rookie year and he's getting it back. And, and Milo, like they call him, uh, had a lot to do with this. So here's, uh, here's what Meek Robertson has lost, or learned from uh, Coach Ron Miles. A lot. A lot, man. He's a coach that's hard on me. He think I, I you know, he he think I don't like it, but I, I, I honestly love it. You know, I, I love that he's hard on me. Uh, you know, try to focus on the details and, like I said before, doing the little things. And when you just do your job, man, and trust your coaches, the plays will come. You can't chase the plays. They'll they'll come when you just when your numbers call. Just make those plays. Can you hear him smile? Could you hear that, Demar? I can hear it. I can did hear. Did you it. Did you hear the smile in his voice? Run it back one more time. Play it one more time. A lot. A lot, man. He's a coach that's right there, hard on Right there. That's, he that's, that's, I, I, you that's know, all he, you got to play. He think I don't like it, he but said, I, I honestly love it. A lot, man. I mean, as soon as he said that, I'm telling you, this dude's smile was huge. And that's when you know. And I also like, I loved actually what he said, that Coach Miles coaches him hard. And he's, I, I, he thinks I don't like it, but I love it. That's the kind of person you want. You want someone that's willing to be coached up hard. You know what I mean? Someone who doesn't mind constructive criticism. Someone who doesn't mind, you know, being coached up tough because that just means that that coach believes that you have a lot of ability and not, you know, not you're going to get in your feelings when, you, hey, you did that wrong. Demond, you did that wrong. Okay. Okay. Chalk it up. I learned. It's good. Well, let's move on. Let's make it happen. Okay. I, I know what I did wrong. That's the kind of players that you want. You want the kind that soak up that c- constructive criticism and they, they seek it. They want it. That's that's who that's who Amik Robertson is. I think he's taken a huge step forward this uh, this training camp this preseason. And I like what he said towards the end there, and that goes something back to what you said about Isaiah Johnson. You can't chase the big play, right? You can't chase it, and it's just like you got to let the plays come to you. And that same play that you're talking about uh, in the quarter, where he said like he basically just ran through the receiver, ran through him. But it's just like you, it's just like having that belief in you is just like yo, my coaches have coached me up to the point. I'm confident in my ability. You just got to let the play come to you. Where I do think that I'm not last year him being moved to like um the nickel. I think that had something to do with his size because you're like, oh, like a five eight guy, barely one eighty five, like on the outside. But right. I think he's showing it. No, like this is what I I can play this position. Mm-hmm. He's showing that he can play that position. Yeah, and you know the funny thing about it is one of the guys that has been playing really well this uh this preseason, he didn't even he wasn't even in uh, in Santa Clara for the game. That's Nate Hobbs, the rookie, the fifth round pick. He's not the biggest dude either, but he plays big. He plays big. He'll go in there, and again, you don't have to be the biggest guy as far as size goes, but if you go in there and you don't mind mixing it up, you play physical. I think that's how Ted Nguyen described it when he was on the show last week. He plays real physical. He's willing to get in there and be that willing tackler and and uh, you know and, and be really strong at the line of scrimmage. If you could do that, it doesn't really matter what your size is. Hell, we had Mark McMillan on <laughs> last week. They called him Mighty Mouse when he played. He was a little dude. I mean, you want, and I say that with all due respect. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I know he played for the Chiefs and the Eagles and the 49ers, so <laughs> someone might think that I was being disrespectful. I wasn't. You, know, it, you even said it like as he was like, "Yeah, you know, that just shows like you know you, you can be, you can still be short and like be and be successful in the league." 
And it's like somebody like, why you got to bring up that he's short? But it's just one of those <laughs> things. Like, hey, he is. I mean, it I've is. been around him plenty of times, and it's just like one of those like, man, this is an NFL player. We almost the same size. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So again, if you got that, you got that heart and that willing, that want to. That's what I like to call it. Want to. If you got want to, man, you can. You can be successful, and I think Amik Robertson has an opportunity to be very successful uh, for the Raiders, and I think the the coaching staff, the new coaching staff, Gus Bradley, Ron Miles, Richard Smith, I always go back to those three because I think those three are going to make a huge different difference for this Raiders defense. Now, I will say it's not going to change overnight, and injuries are going to be a major factor. They already are a factor. Linebacking core still needs to have some work done. Still needs to be addressed. Still think you need to go out and get K.J. right. Now, I'm not going to stop saying that. Until someone else signs KJ Wright. Not going to stop saying that. I think there's no doubt about you need that dude, and they need him in Henderson immediately. Just <laughs> simple as that. But again, that's, that's something we'll see what happens as these cuts come out. We'll see what players are available. I know Mike Mayock and John Gruden are going to be combing the waiver wire. They're going to be looking for everybody, trying to see who's available. But at the end of the day, I really think the best call to make is wherever KJ Wright, if he's in Seattle, you need to call him. You need to get him on the first thing smoking and have him head out to, to, to the facility there in Henderson and get it popping because they, they need him in a major way. I think if anything that you learned from that game on Sunday, at least what I learned, is that, that uh, those backup linebackers, they're backups for a reason, and they still need to be backups. They don't need to be thrown into the, into the fire. So I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. Keyword is R&R. Uh, who... Earned themselves a job, and who didn't? Got a text here. On his way out, Jalen Richard. Earned a spot, Trey Regis. I agree with that as well, and I don't have a name on that, but I do appreciate the text. Uh, I, I just think that Jalen Richard hasn't been available enough this uh, this offseason either, or this training camp. Just hasn't. He was out there for, what, one day of practice? Yeah, I was going to say two? he hasn't been available at all. At all. At all, for one reason or the other. First, he had COVID. Then he has now he has a foot injury. Uh, I know that the coaching staff really likes him. I, I know they really like him. They like what he brings to the table. He's been a good soldier since he's been a, a member of the Silver and Black. But at some point, man, even good soldiers got to get cut off if they can't if they can't go out there and perform. It's one of those the juice isn't worth the squeeze like mentalities right now. With I him. mean, right now, yeah, it, it really is. And Trey Regis has showed that he could do a lot of things that Jalen Rashard could do. Is Jalen Rashard probably a better receiver out of the backfield? Sure. Absolutely. But you also have Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake could catch the rock out of the backfield. So you kind of say, all right, well, you're getting multiple guys with Kenyon Drake. You're getting multiple guys with Josh Jacobs. You got Trey Regis that could be that big punishing back and, and be a third down back, change of pace. Think you're good. Think you're good. You have options. I think what really will come down to him making the roster will be, is he going to be available for that first Monday night game? Because if he is, maybe the team lets it slide. But if he's still going to miss a couple of games past like mm-hmm. the first game of the season – you you can't you can't save that roster spot for someone that's not going to be available for like the first couple of games. Right, no doubt about it. Got a text from Mailman Raider. Not to say he was never going to make the team, but McCoy looked good and he's definitely in. Emmons averaged one point six yards and had a fumble. He's out. Yeah, I think BJ. I think the uh, I think the shine wore off on BJ as well. He's not a very good receiver out of the backfield and he struggles to block as well. So I think that if it comes down to Trey Regis and and BJ Emmons, uh, Trey is going to definitely get that. I can see that. And McCoy, it was good to get McCoy out into the action yesterday, and and he said, and we'll hear from uh, Gerald McCoy at some point in the show as well. Uh, and before we get to Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk, just to go around the league and talk about preseason being wrapped up and some of the cuts and some of the trades that are going on. Uh, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listen line real quick. It's 702-365-9200. Who do we have up next? Tim in San Jose. Tim in the 408. What's up, Tim? 
What's going on, my man? Chilling. Uh, so for me, you know, one kind of guy, he's been quiet. I kind of thought I would have more from him is uh, John Brown. I'm not saying he's a hard cut, but, man, I, I don't know about him. But keep him for the wide receiver depth, I guess. But a little, a little disappointed on his, on, his, on his play a little bit. Um, but for me, uh, for sure, Gerald McCoy, man, I mean, dude, for him not playing as long as he did and him getting through that line like that, I was like, dang, I know it was against three and fours, but this man hasn't played in 20 months. Um, and just a quick little spiel for me, preseason, I know we talk about it, it's a, it's a hard debate, but here's how I look at it. I look at it like, okay, you don't need to play Darren Waller, you don't need to play Jacobs, I know we're thin, but you might find something you didn't know you had something wrong with your, your, your starting team. You think, you know, Andre James is the guy, you think Leatherwood is good, but you play a few snaps, you're like, hold on. This guy, you know, he looked good. He looked better at practice, but we in a live game, and he isn't looking like he usually looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. think that preseason this from that perspective for such a new defense, a new offensive line. You you may have seen something you didn't know you you saw. You know what I mean? Just just put that in perspective for you. But that that's all I got, my man. I got you. I got you. Great call. I appreciate you on, on both fronts. And yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, and that's why the debate's there. You know, I mean, because you can make an argument on why these guys should be playing in the preseason, and then you can make an argument on why they shouldn't. So, yeah, Tim, you're you're spot on. Thank you for calling us from the 408. I definitely appreciate that. Oh, by the way, that's San Jose uh, for you, Damon. I know you don't know your area codes that well. But I'm, that's why I'm glad he just said San Jose. <laughs> I just wanted to reiterate it and bring it back up just in case you were stuck on the 408 uh, part of it and you weren't really feeling it. But, uh, yeah, Tim, uh, great call right there. Do appreciate it. 226 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. We'll get her thoughts on the preseason, how, how teams should do it, how they navigate it, or if it's just a it's a kind of buy a, a play-by-play or a buy a, a, an opportunity. You know, whatever you decide, hey, this is what's best for us. It don't matter what the rest of the league does who knows case-by-case scenario we'll talk to stream williams about it next here on Raider nation radio 920 what does it mean to be a raider what to you what does it mean to be a raider man being a raider is not just being a football player it's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet it's about a lifestyle it's about it's about loyalty it's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers to help your family that's what it's all about it's never putting yourself above the shield that's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Quick update on the Raiders roster from Vinny Bonsignor, who does In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, he just put out a tweet about 20 seconds ago. Raiders and linebacker Darren Lee have come to an injury settlement. He is no longer part of the organization. If you remember, last week he was released and he was injured and banged up. So now injury settlement and he is out of there. It's kind of the story of Darren Lee that lasts a few years of his career, unfortunately. Uh, the talent that came out of Ohio State, but he's just kind of been banged up quite a bit. Right now on the phone lines, joining us from Pro Football Talk is Shereen Williams. Does a great job covering the NFL like a glove. You can find her on Twitter at NFL Shereen. And thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And uh, we were talking about the preseason and how different coaches and organizations attack it differently. John Gruden didn't play any starters. Uh, anybody that you really knew did not have any opportunity to play in the preseason. Wanted to make sure everyone stayed healthy. Other teams, like we saw them play San Francisco, they had Jimmy Garoppolo out there. They had Trey Lance out there. They're running zone reads. I mean, they were going in there like it was a real deal game. Uh, what's the fine line, Shereen, as far as how you should navigate through the preseason or how coaches and teams navigate through preseason? Yeah, 
you know, it is a fine line, and we talked a lot about this before the preseason started, about how coaches were going to use the three preseason games. Pittsburgh and Dallas obviously had four with the Hall of Fame game. But it, it was it's a different vibe than, than having the four games. In the past, we've seen that, that fourth week being used for players who were on the bubble to make the roster, and you didn't see any veteran players play for the most part, although I'll say that Bill Belichick, uh, for a long time, has played his starters in that final preseason game. He did it with Tom Brady, and, mm-hmm. and we saw that. And, and, you know, Bill Belichick always seems to be one step ahead of everybody else, right? And if I'm seeing Bill Belichick play his starters in the final game, I'm probably going to play my starters uh, in that final game as well. And and you saw with the Buccaneers. Uh, now, Dallas didn't play hardly any of their starters the entire preseason. The Buccaneers played. They looked great. And I think that's a game you're going to see a huge difference between the team that got ready playing in preseason games and and the team that didn't. And, you know, Dak Prescott obviously has been sitting on the sideline for most of training camp with nursing that shoulder injury, just letting it heal. And, And Tom Brady's been throwing passes and getting ready. So that could be a game where you really see a difference between a team that's had its starters playing the preseason and a team that didn't. And last year was an exception, right? Nobody played in the preseason. Right. There were no games, so nobody had an advantage. But I think those teams that played their starters in the preseason, you're going to see a difference. Maybe not. I mean, the Rams have done this for years now, and they've come out a couple of times when they've play, not played their starters and then <clears throat> been lights out. So there will be exceptions to this. But I think when you see those matchups between a team that's played its starters in the preseason and a team that didn't, I just think you're going to see a difference in week one. And the Cowboys are a good example of a team I think is going to get better as the year goes on, as those players play, get those snaps. But you just can't do away with, with game snaps, even if it's a preseason. I just think those are way more valuable than their practice uh, going against whoever you're going against that's seen you a hundred times. I just think those preseason snaps are valuable. I get why they don't play them in the preseason because you don't want a player injured in the preseason out for the year and is not going to help you the rest of the way. I, I get that. I understand that. But you're right. I think you said it the best. There's a fine line there, and I do think they need some preseason snaps to get ready. Yeah, no, and Gerald McCoy, he played for the Raiders uh, yesterday. And, you know, he's a longtime vet in the league, but he said yeah. he needed those snaps. He hadn't played in 20 months, so he needed he needed to get those yeah. snaps. Now, on the other side of that, J.K. Dobbins, he goes down with a torn ACL. That's the Raiders' first yeah. opponent for the Ravens. Uh, how do you think that they really kind of – you can't replace J.K. Dobbins, but they do have a stable yeah. of running backs there. So how do you think that they, they move forward now that Dobbins is done for the year? Yeah, you know, they'll find a way to replace them. Teams always do, but you're never as good as your starter. You're never as good as that star player when he goes down. And, you know, we just see it repeatedly, and it is unfortunate. And, again, you see why teams don't play their starters in the preseason because now they don't have him. But I also think you can't play scared. Right. You have to get your players out there and, and, and let them get some of those snaps. And if it happens, it happens. It wasn't meant to be. You can't look back and say, well, we should have pulled them out earlier. We shouldn't have put. You just can't second-guess that. You've got to go with your gut, what you think gets your team ready. <clears throat> and if a player like that gets hurt, it's just unfortunate. And, 
Yeah, they're a better team with him. They'll find a way to replace him, but they're a better team certainly with him, and they're hurt by his absence. Talking right now with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. You can find her on Twitter at NFL Shereen. And sticking with the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, we know how dynamic he is with his legs. We know he's a league MVP. What do you think that Lamar Jackson, what are you hearing from different sources around the league, what he needs to do to take that next step as a, as a passer in this league? Well, I think that's exactly it. He, he's got to get better at throwing the football. They were last in passing last season, fewest passing yards in the league, and they've got to be better at that, especially if they want to do what they think they're capable of doing, which is winning a Super Bowl, you know, to catch the Chiefs, to catch those teams uh, in the AFC. And I mentioned the Chiefs because they, they're the two-time defending AFC champions. So you, you figure you've got to, going into the year, you've got to knock off the Chiefs, and if they want to do that, they've got to be better at passing the football. And, you know, they think they've improved uh, their receiver core. We're going to find that out pretty quickly. But, yeah, if they're just built around the run, I, now I think you have to run the football, and I think you have to be a good running team uh, to get there offensively. But, you know, it, it, this is a passing league, and if you can't pass the football, if you rank last in passing yards, you're probably not going to be a Super Bowl contender. So that's just it. They, they've got to be better doing that this year. So what about some of the rookie quarterbacks? Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about Justin Fields. Should he get an early start in Chicago? We saw Trey Lance up close and personal yesterday against, uh, against the Raiders in Santa Clara, and he, he, looks, he looks like he could be a, a good player. Uh, how early do you think that some of these guys may get a start? Even Mac Jones in, in New England looks like he, he could be pushing Cam for some early playing time. Well, I think you differentiate between a team that thinks it has playoff aspirations, that it can win the division, it can compete in the playoffs, it might even be able to compete in a Super Bowl. And those teams are teams like the 49ers and teams like the Patriots and teams like the Bears. Now, we can argue whether any of those teams or all those teams have a chance to make the playoffs. We can argue that. None of them did last year. But I'm saying from the inside, those teams think they have a chance to be really, really good this year. If you have a chance to be really good and you look at history, you're not getting there with a rookie quarterback. Rookie right. quarterbacks have never gone to the Super Bowl. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. And I look at a team like the Kansas City, when they drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round, they started Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes didn't get his first career start until week 17 in a meaningless game, and Alex Smith quarterback them, obviously, in the postseason. Now, you can argue maybe if they had had Patrick Mahomes, maybe they would have done more, but... They went with the veteran guy, kept the rookie on the bench until the next year. That's what I see with the 49ers, who I'm very intrigued by, because I think they're going to play Trey Lance some Mm -hmm. with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're going to eat. We've never seen this happen. And I think if you see both quarterbacks play every week, I just think that's an intriguing way to get your rookie quarterback ready to take over the reins. And then maybe after the bye week or later in the season or whatever you see, then you replace Jimmy if you're struggling, if you lose some games, whatever the case may be. If you're winning games, you keep going with the way it's going. So that's what I see some of those teams who have playoff aspirations doing. Maybe you see the Patriots do the exact same thing with Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Mm. Give Mac Jones a series here or there during a game. We just haven't seen that process play out in the NFL. It's always been either the rookie starts day one or the rookie sits and watches, but Maybe it's a different mindset coming into the league now. So I'm going to be very interested to watch those two teams as well as the Bears could do the same thing. Yeah, no, they, so really, they those could. Those are the teams you look at that maybe the rookie doesn't start, but those other teams that don't have, that aren't going to make the playoffs, 
the Jaguars, the Jet, we know they're going to start their rookie quarterback and, and, and play him all year and take what they can get. <laughs> right. Just hope for the best. We're talking with Shereen Williams right now <laughs> from Pro Football Talk here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, cutdowns, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. It's got to be down to 53. Of course, they have the expanded practice squad. You can protect some players. But, I mean, this is that busy time of year, Shereen. How, how, how much are these GMs and head coaches going to be just scouring through the waiver wire trying to find two? that 53-man roster? Oh, a lot. And, you know, we always think, oh, we're not going to see any veterans on here. We're not going to see any big names. And it always happens. We see big names. Mm-hmm. We see veteran players. And we're going to see some of that. And and so you just, you're, you're watching just like the GMs are, watching that waiver wire, especially the position of need, uh, to see who's going to be available out there. And, and so a lot of those teams, every team has a weakness somewhere, and they're looking to churn the bottom of that roster and make themselves better. So, there's going to be a lot of movement this week, and it's going to be a uh, a pretty fun time to to watch as these names come down and re-sign to the practice squad, and other teams pick them up off waivers. And I, I talked to your buddy John McClain every Thursday. He's on the yeah. show. He's our guest, and of course, he's got the Texans covered like a glove. But over the weekend, uh, the reports come out that Deshaun Watson could possibly be traded. Talking about Miami, talking about uh, maybe the Eagles, maybe a, another team, the Panthers. Uh, do you do you put any kind of credibility in? of that or do you think that it's just way too hot right now he's too hot uh, of a subject to be able to trade him right now unless the texans are blown away by an offer and i don't think they're going to be how can you blow somebody away with an offer for deshaun watson considering what he faces on right. the field you can't do that so i don't think it's going to happen i think they're going to carry him on the 53 until either the nfl makes a decision uh, on his status, in other words, putting him on the commissioner exemplar, something happens with the cases, whether he settles the cases, which it hasn't appeared it was headed that way, or whatever. I think they just carry him on it, on their roster until uh, some of that is cleared up and, and they get a better idea of when he's going to be fully cleared to play. I just think there's a chance if you trade for him, so say Miami trades Tua to, to the Texans and, and gets to Sean Watson as starting quarterback. You know, so NFL says, no way, we're putting him on the commissioner exemplus. Who are you playing at quarterback? So, you know, I just don't think a team is going to blow away the Texans. I don't think the Texans are going to take an offer unless they're blown away by that offer. So I think they're carrying him on the 53, and it'll be a week-by-week thing. We'll just see where this thing plays out. He may ride the 53 all season, collect his money, not play it down, because I don't think he ever plays the Texans again, not play it down, and, and then they reassess, and they're going to have to reassess in the offseason. His cap hit uh, in 2022 is, is too big. So they'll have to move on him before the 22, 2022 season. But I don't think we're going to see Deshaun Watson play down this season. I would be very surprised if we see him play. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I really do. I just I just can't see how it's even possible. It just doesn't make any sense. I know teams are going to want to get that talent, but there's just way too much baggage right now. He's just too hot, like I said. So I, just, I just don't see it. Uh, what were your thoughts on Gardner Minshew getting traded over the weekend from the Jaguars to the Eagles? Does he push uh, Jalen Hurts at all? Oh, it was a great trade. I mean, this guy has, has done it on the field. You look his touchdown to interception ratio, it's good. He's been a decent quarterback, especially if you – don't have a quarterback you're completely sold on, and I get the feeling that the Eagles aren't completely sold 
on Jalen Hurts, and Joe Flacco's their veteran backup. They'll keep him on the roster, and I just think that makes their quarterback position better. It gives you another option. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts goes in, in there and looks terrible the first couple weeks. Then you go, hey, we're playing Gardner Minshew. Let, let him go. Let's see what we got, especially for what his salary is. It's under a million dollars this year. Right. So go see what you have in him and how quickly he can learn the playbook and all of that. So. I was great trade. Whoever got Gardner Minshew, I was going to say that about. But from the Eagles' standpoint, now they have some options at that position. Yeah, no, they really do. It was it was shocking to see it happen, but it made a lot of sense after it did for every reason that you just mentioned. And before I let you go, I wanted to ask you uh, today. The NFL announced the the league uh, agreed with four different sports books, uh, NFL deals with uh, Fox Bet, BetMGM, Points Bet, and the Win Bet. Uh, Shereen, how did we get here so quickly? It's so funny. Just a few years ago, Tony Romo was yeah. trying to have a fan fantasy football convention and that got canceled now there's football games in vegas there's a team in vegas everything is related with gambling how do we get here so quickly it's unbelievable isn't it yes. all that you just said it was the league was so anti-gambling and now they've embraced this as states have opened up uh, to gambling so we're going to see this more and more and you know what it's all about right it's not money we yep. all know that it all emulates back to money so that's what it's about and and uh you know, not surprising that we've headed that way, but it, you're right. It, it did happen very, very quickly. Yeah, it did. It did. And it's going to continue to grow. So uh, we'll be here along for the ride. <laughs> That's for sure. Especially us here uh, with the Raiders being here in Las Vegas. So this is a lot of fun. Well, Shereen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, what you got coming out on Pro, Pro Football Talk, uh, maybe covering all the, the cuts that are going across the league that fans should be on the lookout for? Yeah, that's what we got coming. We got cuts and, and everything else happening. And it's going to be a business season. Absolutely. Well, Shereen, thank you so much for your time. Great, as always. We do appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There she goes. Shereen Williams, the Hall of Famer right there for Pro Football Talk, at NFL Shereen on Twitter. Uh, does a great job covering the NFL like a glove. Her and John McClain, two of the best in the business, and very appreciative to have both of them here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 246 at the time. We're going to come on back, close out the hour. We got some more text messages on the Sam and Ash text line. Want to hear from you as well, Raider Nation. Uh, who's in and who's out? Once, give me one guy who earned a job. And one guy who didn't, 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we got cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Kind of scatter shoot with some some news. Some more stuff that we touched on uh, with Shereen Williams in the last segment. But some little more details like Harrison Smith signing an extension with the Vikings, uh, some cuts around the league. Just, like I said, some news and notes of the day brought to you by Nova Home Loans. We'll do that at 3 o'clock. Of course, want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well uh, on guys. Actually, we could talk about anything. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. But I did have a, a question I threw out there. Uh, one guy who earned a job and one guy who didn't. That's all I need. One guy on both sides of the conversation. One who earned a spot and one who didn't. And, of course, when you say that, you're going to get multiple guys that earned a spot and multiple guys who didn't, and that's okay. This is how we get down anyway. We have a lot of fun. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And uh, let's go to the text line. As a matter of fact, East Bay Raider Gray says, out, Richard, in, Regus. I guess he gave me multiples, Demon. And he gave me do- multiples in like one in, one out. So that's how he gets away with giving me multiples instead of just oh, one I guy. Think about it like you know that, what I mean? Yeah. Like so, so that was cute. That was a good one. You came up with a good one. You got me. There's always a loophole, right? There's always a loophole. Got me. 
I'm not mad. But uh, he's also said, out Nassib in KJ Wright. With Nassib and Richard gone, that should clear enough space for uh, uh, Richard. Excuse me. With Nassib and Richard gone, it should clear enough space for KJ. Abram will be used all over in the box. He and Wright can, can rush the passer. Out, Isaiah Johnson in Amik Robertson. That's from East Bay Raider Gray. And I'll say, I think Richard's out. I think Nassib is definitely on the bubble. I actually had this conversation on Twitter earlier today, and somebody told me that they can't cut Nassib because he came out and said he was gay, and I said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. That doesn't give him a pass. Like, you can never be cut from a team because you came out and said you were gay. No, you're just like everyone else. You're just like every other dude on the squad. If you're not cutting it, they'll cut you. I mean, it's just really simple. He didn't He didn't come out and say he was gay to get to get some kind of, you know, shield and protection away from getting cut. God, I hate people sometimes. I mean, it's just, I, I understand it because <laughs> everyone knows that people are, you know, super sensitive these days. We, we get it. We don't have to go down that avenue. I, I totally understand. But you, as a man, as anyone, should go into it and say, I want to be treated the exact same way as DeMond's treated, as Q's treated. We all get the, we're all treated, treated the equal. That's all you can ask for, right? A, a level playing field. That's it. So I don't think Carl Nassib is asking for any kind of protection or any of that. He's good. He's a football player. It's a football team. They're trying to build the best 53. I don't think at all, not one ounce in my body of anything, believes that the Raiders would hold on to Nassib just so they don't take a, some kind of PR hit or somebody's complaining and, oh, they just did him dirty. because No, they didn't. Think over, stop overthinking things. And obviously that person isn't thinking about where he's playing on the line. Right. Because I think the Raiders do need more, Not um, just the way, like, all of the linemen that they have. I feel like they have more interior pass rushers than they need. Well, I, I just, think he's safe as a backup because, like, oh, Gus Bradley, he said we want to come in waves. Right. That second wave, of you need someone else, to, like, hey, of, of Crosby needs a breather. Right. Of Unique needs a breather. Who's going to be, like, maybe that second, third person to come off? I think he's perfect for that. I mean, he could be. I just haven't been impressed from what I've seen from him. Oh, no, I don't think that he hasn't been, like, super impressive, but I right. do think that it's just, like, a process of elimination. I think Gangster Raider called in last week and said that he, he thought that NASA would be a surprise cut. I think he's on the bubble. I really do. My gut feeling tells me. And it could just be gas, or it could be my gut feeling. I think it's my gut feeling telling me that NASA's going get, to get released. But, again, it's just I haven't heard anything. Vinny would obviously have a better idea than I do. I'm just going off of what I feel like I've seen in practice and what I've seen uh, throughout the course of, of, of the preseason so far. And I haven't seen a whole lot from NASA right now. Even in individual drills when I'm out there at the, at the practice facility, I just don't get overwhelmed by what I see. I see, uh, I feel like Max Crosby has a huge uptake, uh, uptick. I feel like he's been really balling out, uh, and you could just see him getting after it. Uh, Unique Ngakwe, I think he's brought out the best in a lot of people. I just don't see it right now from NASA. But... What you just said, what you just laid out, the backup role, a guy that gets a few snaps here, a few snaps there, could absolutely be the role that they have for him. Does he fit into the 53-man roster? Is, it, is, is that spot worth that kind of role? That's, I mean, that's, you know, you're going to have to ask that question. Because I think they're, they're going to roll with about 10 defensive linemen to start off the season. Because, like, they want to come in ways. We've been hearing that all right. season. Yeah, we have. You're they absolutely right. They have that depth. So I, I don't think it's out of the question. It's like, yeah, it's probably going to be 10 defensive linemen mm-hmm. on the 53-man. Okay. I mean, and, and again, you could be spot on, and uh, we will see. We will see soon enough what happens. And uh, one more quick tweet. Got this tweet from Doby. says, in, Amik Robertson, out, please, Nevin Lawson. 
And I think that a lot of Raider Nation is saying that about Nevin Lawson. I think everyone knows who Nevin Lawson is, what he's capable of doing. Uh, the one thing I'll say about him, and Vinny brought it up uh, last week when we were at the TI on Friday, uh, he said that, you know, he's suspended to start the season. So he's not going to count against a 53-man roster. So don't expect him to be part of the first wave. And I agree. I agree with that 100%. He's, he's going to be suspended, or he is suspended currently. So there's absolutely no reason to go ahead and release him right now. You might as well make sure you get through your roster and figure out exactly who you have and what you have. My and man didn't have to add the please. I mean, he did. Like, add, what he, did he do to you? Oh, no. He, oh, <laughs> Raider Nation will tell you. I'm sure I can do a whole hour on, on what he hasn't done. I think that's what it is. I think Raider Nation will tell you more of what he hasn't done that's made them so angry at one Nevin Lawson. But thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. 2.57 is the time when we come back. Kick off hour number two. We'll do it with cover three. NFL news and notes of the day. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.